Somebody's going to go bridge here. It's better time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Gombridge Podcast, episode 80. My name is Andrew Gardner, joined alongside by Alex Clausen and Steve Brady. Boys, how are we doing today on the Fenway Home Opener? If I was going to change my Facebook status today, I would be feeling optimistic for three reasons. Number one, this home stretch is going to be huge for the Sox. I'm calling it now. Number two, this is going to be an eating episode for me. I got my nice breakfast in front of me. I got a bagel, some some yogurt and granola. And number three, our biggest fan, Elon Musk, has put in an offer to buy Twitter. What a day. 41.3 billion dollars right of t- to take full control of twitter a lot of money Gombridge's biggest fan i was gonna say do you think well, who has more money elon musk or the Gombridge budget well i think he has a, a net positive in terms of his net worth and well, we are surely at a negative whoa 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 for the love of the i was game. gonna say what's the difference <laughs> trick question guardian the love of the game true good point uh yeah this is Clawson's eating episode. This is uh, Steve and I's down bad due to allergies episode. Allergies been kicking my ass. I hope I you like the- ASMR because Clawson, I'm sure, will forget to mute himself at certain points today. And Steve and I will just be, you know, clearing our throats. But we got to put something out. Steve Clawson? You know that old Red Sox podcast that our good friend Jared used to run? And there was that episode where I think it was – Coley was chewing gum the entire episode. People got hashtag mad on the Reddit. Not great. Um, Today, so the last episode we came out with was last Friday. It was the first hours after opening day at Yankee Stadium. So we got five games to run through. Today is going to be around a clean 40. We've We've been stretching the episodes hour 20, hour 30, which... We love to do, but completely unintentionally. Just happens. no. I mean, we love doing it, but I will say today we don't really have the time to do it because we're going to Fenway Park very, very soon for opening day. So it's a clean forty today. We're gonna drop another episode early next week. So don't worry, we're gonna make up for it, and then we'll have another episode next Friday. So that's what we're looking like. Hell yeah! So I'm sure. I mean, as Gardner just said, the last you've heard of us was directly after the first game of the season when the Red Sox started 0-1 against the New York Yankees. I'm sure that a lot of people are past the Yankees series. I mean, we can run through it a little bit very quickly. General thoughts and ideas about it. I don't even, like, I watched that entire series, and I can't say that I have a a very vivid memory of everything happening. Well, I feel like, too, beginning of the season, it's kind of like guys are trying to figure out their roles, you're trying to, you know, shoot some guys in on off days. You know, the big storyline, Trevor Story got food poisoning. What do you think the Yankees gave him? What kind of food? You're talking like seafood or? Slop. I think. Here's what I think. Actually, Steve, you can go first. I just was going to say some slop. Just straight up like slop jalop. Well, when we talked to Bronson, he was talking about how they used to get nervous that the Yankees, they would eat their own meals. So, I mean, here's what I was thinking. Do you remember in that episode, I suggested that they should cater their own food and they should order it through Instacart. I bet Trevor Story didn't order his food through Instacart. And if you don't know, Instacart is an online grocery delivery app that allows you to handpick a variety of fresh foods and products. Forget that ingredient. You need to make your famous dish while watching the Sox game. Or you're like Trevor Story and you don't want to get food poisoning from the Yankees. Order it through Instacart. With delivery straight to your door in as fast as an hour, you can shop multiple stores, see details in your area that help you save money, and every item is hand-selected at the store to fit even the most specific needs. They always handle with care to make sure everything gets to you in one piece, and your offer this week, uh, 50% off in the state of New York, uh, 75% off in New York City. Don't get food poisoning this week, folks. That's definitely a real offer. <clears throat> definitely a real offer. Um. That's a good you think deal. Trevor Story has sparked his summer celebration yet? Uh, not yet. He's looked decent so far. I got to think not yet. But, yeah, the Yankee series, you know, you lose two out of three. I think the, the biggest thing that stands out to me from that series, all right, I'm all alone. 
two, but both guys have left. This is this is a solo show right now. I think the two things that stand out to me about the Yankees series is, first off, we had a lead in, in all three games. You know, game one, three nothing lead in the first inning. Game two, they had a two nothing lead after the Verdugo shot, and the third game, I believe we were up three. No, we were up two to nothing and three to one as well, and then. You know, you ultimately end up winning the third game. But I think the opportunity to win all three were there. We hung close with them. I mean, it sucks to lose two out of three. But the second game, I don't think we really deserve to win that game personally. I was just saying how we had a lead in all three games. Yeah. Who Who? scored first? Who? What? What are you, an owl? What? Who cares? It's the first series of the season. I'm not stressing over it, Clawson. I'm not stressing over it. People, all, all the Yankees fans are, oh, my God, the Red Sox suck. Red Sox suck. It's not, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. The Yankees were hitting cheapo short porch shots. In fact, I think that they've hit four home runs this year that would exclusively be out at Yankee Stadium. And I've got that info from my favorite account, Would It Dong. Would It Dong. Tell me about your dong. Is that what we said last episode? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's like or ask me about my dong. Yeah, do do you have a minute? Do you have a minute to talk about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? (laughs) No, but I do have a minute to talk about my dong. (laughs) So yeah, Yankee series. That's water under the bridge. Wait, wait, Steve. What kind of bridge? Don Bridge. Nice, nice. Uh, So I mean, went to Detroit for the second series of the year. That was fun. Outside of the first game, which was not as fun. Can I ask why we're scheduling day games in Detroit in the second week of the year? Well, during the week, these these first pitch times have been utter horrible. nonsense. Horrible. Well, I get today's opening day, so you probably are planning around the opening day festivities at Fenway Park. Two o'clock's a weird-ish time to to start a game. I mean, I feel like usually opening day is at two. But the one o'clock, it was five o'clock, one o'clock, one o'clock in Detroit, which was weird. I wasn't a fan of it. I mean, I don't, I don't really have class during the middle of the day, so I was able to catch most of the games. But still, I was, you know, I could have been more productive, and I blame the Red Sox for that. Yeah, don't tell my professors, but I had the games pulled up on my laptop. Oh, my God, Steve. There's, the beds are coming for you. There was one class where I could literally see just within eye shot. I sit in the middle of the room, so the Lord knows how many people are watching behind me. I could see like five or six other people watching one of the Tigers games, and eventually my professor was just like, I don't know why everybody's looking at their laptop right now, and there's not even notes to be taken, right? We're supposed to have a discussion right now, so everybody close your laptops. So Aww. had to close it up. Didn't oh. catch the entirety of, I believe it was game two or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so Detroit, <clears throat> let's run through the starters, how they did. So Saturday against New York, you got Nick Pavetta. He pitched okay. Uh, Sunday, Tanner Houck. Clawson, you called that he wasn't going very far in that one. Yeah, I want to say I texted right before the start, and I said my money's on Tanner Howe going no more than four, what no more than what three, four innings. Yeah, and he went three and a third. Yeah, he's a reliever. He's a reliever, folks. He just drives. He drives the pitch count up. He's a great pitcher, but the pitch. He's count, a great reliever. Listen, I think when when the time comes to move someone back there, when Sale comes back, when Paxson comes back, listen. I I think if Waka keeps if Waka is okay and then not complete shit all year, Hulk's Hulk's the guy who's getting moved back there. No doubt, no doubt about. It. Yeah, game one. I'm, I'm trying to see what Tanner Hulk's walk per nine is right now. I know last year it was two point seven four walks per nine, which if you look at how many innings he throws per game it's not like the greatest but in 2020 he had like a 4.8 walks per nine so i mean he only pitched 17 innings definitely a smaller sample size but as a career he's got a 3.3 3 
walks per nine. So, you know, a little bit high. Like, you look at a guy. Am I going to compare him to a guy like Max Scherzer? Yeah, but, you know, some of the best pitchers in the league are, are down around, you know, he's 2.4. So, could bring that down a little bit. That'd be great. Well, we all just hit a cough there. Yep. Um, so, that, yeah, and then you go into Detroit. <clears throat> Excuse me. You got Michael Walker, game one. He pitched pretty well. He, uh, I think he went four and a third. Gave up one run. I was really happy with how he pitched. If that back end of the rotation with Waka and Hill can be reliable, I'm, you know, I, we're gonna be we're gonna be okay. For Michael Waka, I mean, that's a that's a t- perfectly acceptable start, all things considered. Like you look at a guy like uh, Garrett Richards last last year. You get 4.2 from Garrett Richards with one earned run, then you're like, all right, that was good enough, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been saying is that the front of this rotation, I mean, you replace Hauk with Eddie. We'll talk more about Eddie. I was, it was nice to be on the other side of one of those starts. <clears throat> you place, you replace Eddie with Hauk? You replace Eddie with Hauk. And then I think it's not that big of an argument. Hill and Waka are definitely better than Perez and Richards. And I think that it, it, it evens out. You know, I think you're a little bit positive on, on how much better this rotation is. <clears throat> but, yeah, Waka looked good. I mean, four and a third, two hits, one run. And then the bullpen, I mean, p- pitched decent. I mean, Brazier, that, that pitch to Baez that he hit out was not a bad pitch. That was up at the guy's collarbone. You're not supposed to barrel up a ball like that. No, I mean, the fact that he not only, you know, got around on that, he said it threw one pitch. I mean, he's sitting fastball. But, yeah, the fact that he hit it out, too, it's a great swing. And sometimes you just got to, you know, give credit where credit's due. Not a horrible pitch. And Tigers take game one. And I think after that one, you're looking at, you know, a one and three start. And you're like, shit. We've got to turn it up because the way that the second game started against Detroit too, it was, it was not good. Second game at Detroit. Well, went down three Oh by like what the third inning. Yeah. People were starting to stress a little bit. I mean, Arroyo looked very out of place in right field. Well, I mean, I've, I've, seen a lot of talk about how Arroyo played in right. And there's been people saying that, you know, if he just decided to make a few plays or I don't know, I'm sure he decided he wanted to make a few plays. If he actually did make a few plays in right field, then maybe none of those three runs scored one of them. I mean, he, if I'm not mistaken, he just dove directly into the wall and that was a tough look for Arroyo. I would say that that play was bad, but the one it was up the first baseline, I think. And, you know, there's not a ton of right fielders that probably make that play cleanly. So, I mean, Arroyo's trying to adjust to right field. I was listening to the Jared Carabas podcast, placeholder name, whatever it's called now. And he asked Arroyo, have you ever played the outfield before? And Arroyo said, no. So he's got to adjust a little bit. It's so funny over there, Gardy. Where'd you find that picture? <laughs> it was on our it was on our uh, timeline on Twitter. Please don't tell me you liked it. <laughs> no, of course not. Okay. I retweeted it. <laughs> nice. Um <laughs> that one's uh that one's that one's good to die on the internet. Clausen, way to distract the conversation with something that the viewers was, uh, not was, only uh, can't be described, but <laughs> We, we, we they can't it. see it. I mean, it was it's on, it was, it's on Twitter. It's smi- smiley ball and, and Wally at the insurrection, January 6th. Um, I, I was I was watching on the TV. I, I must have missed those two missed guys. Wally at, Wally at the insurrection. I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't realize they were like that. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> Steve, where, where were we? Uh, I was Rich just talking Hill. about Arroyo and whether or not he should yeah. have made those plays. In yeah, right. Arroyo's not great. Arroyo's not great. Pull, pull it together, Clausen and Gardner. Pull, Did you pull look it. at the picture, Steve? Yeah, it's a funny picture. picture. <laughs> Clean it up. Clean it up. 
Um, Trying to make this a clean forty. That's not gonna happen if we keep laughing at dumb things. <laughs> um, yeah, weird game. Like, like, when when did Wally post? All this right, picture? enough, oh, enough, 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 enough. They had bigger fish to enough, fry. Enough, than enough, enough. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, uh, Kike Hernandez, you got a hit in this one. Yep, broke his Finally. what zero for nineteen to start 0 for the season. 19. How did you guys feel about the mic'd up thing at Yankee Stadium? I hated it. I thought it was weird. Yeah. I know that Kike didn't seem like he was in love with the fact that he had to talk to the announcers. The announcers also made a piss poor effort to make a conversation happen with Kike. They were like, oh, Kike, like, uh, what are the what are the conditions like out there right now? Is he it raining, like, Kike? He was like, I don't know, dude. I'm just like trying not to get beamed in the face with like a hundred mile per hour line drive from John Carlos Stanton right now. Can you stop talking to me? So I mean, I he, mean, he, who did he nominate after to do the mic'd up thing in the field on his way back to the dugout? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it was I was Ozzy. It was Ozzy Ozzy Oh, okay. so I don't know if that's why Kike. Does he? I don't. Never mind. I don't know if that's why Kike decided to do it because another guy told, like, nominated him or what. But Kike didn't seem like he was too heavily invested in that conversation, and nor should he have been. But you know, I don't know. Um, I was gonna say they also couldn't have. Obviously, not that they have a choice, but. The timing of it was horrible. I think Kike had three balls hit to him that inning. Yeah. And every time they're like, oh, Kike, ball's coming your way. <laughs> Here it's it like weirdly Don't mess up. Event. Don't mess up. Kike, here it comes. I think Beyond, there's a like, time in a place. Cut, 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 cut one, cut one. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Kike dropped an F-bomb on TV. I, I thought I'd heard that. I guess not. I'm sure I would have seen that elsewhere. But there's a time and a place to do that. I, I think spring training's good. a good time. Yeah, throw like, back to when they had bets mic'd yeah. up in spring training. Like and that the ball was got hit way over his head. He was like, I ain't getting this one, boys. Like that that was that was funny, but I don't know. It, I wasn't wasn't in love with it. Mic'd up should be saved for guys on the bench, spring training and the all-star game. I agree. That's a like good it'd take. be weird if they mic'd up like Tom Brady in the middle of a of like an NFL game. Yeah, he's like, I'm looking at a Wes Welker here, slant, slant to the left. Yeah. You're like, all right, Tom, let's see it. Just, yeah, I agree. Um, or if it's like Jacoby Myers and then he like runs a slant across the middle and they're like, ooh, here, here comes, here comes Khalil Mack across the middle. Watch out. Just gets popped, boned, popped like Brandon Cooks in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, oh, no, Jacoby, you good? He's like lying there, motionless. Not great. He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> We're going to cut to commercial. He's okay, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, highlights from, game to Raphael Devers three for five no home runs in this one and yeah as Steve had mentioned the team goes down three nothing in the third inning Dick Mountain got the start and you know then you head to the six and you're like we really the offense up until that point had not done much at all this year I mean aside from a couple home runs there was not really like an inning where they were just stringing hits together moving guys around the bases and finally, you know, that third inning, you score a couple of runs, you know, Kike doubles, Dever singles, and then uh, JD hit that ball that was, I guess, fair. Wink, that caught wink. some chalk. Yeah, <laughs> I, caught, I think it kicked up a little chalk. That caught some chalk. The, the ball imprint was certainly foul, certainly foul, but I'm not going to argue it. <clears throat> Got that caught some chalk. I don't know what to tell you. It was bright out. Uh, caught some chalk. I think so. I think so. So that was good. Came away then, from game two with a win. It was a good win. And I think the other guy who obviously stands out in this one, we haven't even talked about this, but the Red Sox inked Garrett Whitlock to a four-year extension with club options. So that the extension is, I think it's, 20 26 no it's 24 25 26 27 with club options for 28 and 29 
So we've got Whitlock locked up for like six or seven years now. At I think the overall cost of this contract was somewhere around $40 million. I think he's – Clausen, go ahead. I don't know. I'm just saying he's either going to stay in the pen and be one of the best relievers in baseball or move to the rotation and be one of the best starters in baseball. So for him to be getting paid $40 million for six, seven years, I'll take it. Yeah, I think we've seen him move to the rotation at some point. Well, here's here's two things about the Garrett Whitlock extension. First of all, Garrett Whitlock, I think, is one of the, if not the first extension the Red Sox have given out prior to being arbitration eligible. I believe that's some some statistic uh, like that, some fact. Uh, last guy I think to do was I know they gave Vasquez like a four three or four year extension, but that might have been after his first year of arbitration. Yeah. And then Garrett Whitlock as a multi-inning reliever, that multi-inning tool, I think is invaluable. So I don't see him moving to the closer role, and I don't see him moving to the rotation because Alex Cora knows that Garrett Whitlock will simply win you games just by being available for three or now four. Hey, he pitched at most three innings last year. He's already pitched four innings. This year, obviously, Alex Gore knows how to manage. He knows exactly where Garrett Whitlock is best, and I think it's I think it's as the multi-inning reliever. I mean, I think right now he's he's certainly going to stick in the role this year, but I think maybe next year you go into spring training with the thought that Garrett Whitlock is a starter because he can go the inning or the go the innings. And, you know, what was it, Tuesday, he goes four innings, no hits, two strikeouts, and a walk, and mows down the Tigers, completely silences them as the Red Sox switch momentum. Also, acknowledge the fact that he threw, like, 30 pitches. Yeah, I was going to say, too. It was crazy how efficient he was. There was a, a couple innings where he threw like less than like 10 pitches to, to get them out. And he was doing that against like the heart of the Tigers order, which, you know, they're, they're the Tigers. So I don't know. It's a heart of the Tigers order is really, it's not, I mean, it's extremely not, intimidating. It's, it's not horrible. I mean, it's, it's, it's not great. It's not great. It's, you know, scope Baez, Candelario. And yeah, but that's exactly what you expect Garrett Whitlock to do against guys like those, you know, and he, right. he, he came in and there's one thing about Garrett Whitlock is that he never looks phased at all. What was, what was that noise? I don't know. I just heard that too. I heard that. I heard that out my window and through Clawson's screen. The sun's coming. <laughs> Wake up, baby. Yeah, but it's the third, the third boom. Whitlock doesn't ever look phased and i guess there was a report that he had a conversation with his dad about you know where he stands in the organization and stuff and his dad told him something along the lines of until you're the captain of the boat just keep rowing and whitlock was like i'm just gonna keep rowing the boat that's all he's that's all we've asked him to do and he's done it well so what does he do when he becomes captain of the boat well, the captain what is of the boat, going on out there? I, uh, I yeah, know. I don't know. The captain of the boat is Alex Cora. And Garrett Whitlock will never probably be the captain of the boat. That is true. Um, so you win Tuesday's game, big plus. And then Wednesday, you're coming in. You got Nate Avaldi back on the mound, facing off against the Tigers' ace. Eduardo Rodriguez. Is he really considered the Tigers ace? I mean, who else Who else would you put there? Any process of elimination. Anybody else? Uh, I'm trying to ma- or I'm trying to think who else is in their rotation. They have uh, Turnbull, Torkelson, or not Torkelson. Uh, what's his name? You know what I mean. Uh, what's his I, name? I actually don't. I don't know. I don't. Anybody on the oh, Scooble. Scooble. Uh, Torkelson's their, their rookie. It's it's Rodriguez, Mize, Scooble, Pineda, and Matt Manning. So certainly their ace. Although Casey Mize is supposed to be really good. But 
I got to say, he doesn't look bad in a, in a Tigers uniform. Certainly a little weird, but... Aesthetically, he doesn't look bad in a Tigers uniform. No, he doesn't. Pitching-wise, but he does. He, he did not look good, and Nate Valdi pitched pretty well. Gave up the two home runs. Two round over five innings, four hits, six strikeouts, one walk. Which isn't terrible. I mean, I feel like Nate always is a... Uh, a guy that builds momentum as the season goes on. He gains more confidence in his stuff. And these first two starts, they weren't atrocious, but I expect him to lock it in and start going around seven innings with, you know, less, less, less earn rounds. Right. Exactly. I think the big thing to look for in this one not the big thing. So Matt Barnes has pitched in what two or three games this year? He's two pitched in two so far this year. Both mid inning roles. I mean, we didn't even talk about Jake Deakman coming in the ninth at Yankee Stadium to shut the door against the heart of the order. Who was it? Uh, Judge Rizzo Stanton striking them all out. I mean, that was yep. awesome. It was some stupid like ESPN stat where it was the first away pitcher to get a save or the first lefty away pitcher to get a save against the New York Yankees with three strikeouts ever. Something like that. Did you guys see the quote that he had after the game? Yeah, I did. It was but, like, how do you feel about your first like save with the Red Sox? And he was like, uh, whatever, like, don't really care. And then they were like, can he was like, can I quote you on saying that? And he's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Or they were like, how do you feel about being the closer? And he's like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want. He's awesome. I like Jake Diekman a lot. Yeah, came in in the third game of the Tiger series too. Yep. But yep. we'll 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 build up to that. Yeah, I was so also going to say in that that first Yankee series, it was good to see Bobby Dahlbeck get get that go ahead home run. Yeah, big Bob. So, I mean, like we said, Avaldi went five, two earned runs. Barnes came in in the sixth, did his job. No runs, no hits. Austin Davis. I hate that guy. Forgot he was on the team, not gonna lie. Did the guys, the guys well. Davis and Crawford have no should not be on this team. Crawford hasn't been awful. He's, he's not been, like, he's been the worst out of all of them, but that's pretty objective because the rest have been pretty good. That's what I'm saying. I've been getting a lot of heat for saying I don't even know if it's from you guys, but I feel like everybody on Twitter is so high on Cutter Crawford, and I'm like, I feel like it's not outrageous to be like, this guy doesn't think, look that good right now. If you look at him individually, I don't think he's bad. I just think everyone else has been so good, so when he lets up like a run or two, it just looks terrible. Well, I've seen can people I, I, being like, Cutter Crawford can be Garrett Whitlock 2.0 or something, and it's like... That's outrageous. Does he have a great name? Yeah, great name. In four career games, he's got a 16 ERA. How is it outrageous to say that? How is it outrageous to say that? I mean, I get he's, he's pitched four games. I get that, but he has not looked good at In all. Any of them. Yeah. So Davis let up two earned runs and then Cutter Crawford came in and let up an additional three. We had like a seven run lead. We were that, nine to two. That did not ever feel safe, really, as soon as Davis went onto the mound. Thankfully, we got, you know, Deakman came in and saved Cutter Crawford's ass. I think it was like bases loaded with one or two outs, and Deakman thankfully shut the door on that one. And then one guy in our bullpen, who I think he is, I think he only has two appearances, but both both those he, appearances uh, were. He's got three, but they've all looked good. They, they've been clutch. They've been clutch. His name his name's Hanzo Robles. And Steve, like, do you remember last week when I said, um, I think that Hanzo Robles could play a key role in this bullpen and probably be a big eighth inning guy, maybe even a closer? Do I remember that? Vaguely. Okay. Could we talk about how last week I kind of we kind of just forget everything we say during these episodes? Yes. Also, yes. No, we didn't say that. That was on our fake Gombridge recording. 
No, yeah, but I said I didn't say we said it on here. We said it. Yeah, it's called it fake gone bridge. Fake it was gone bridge. inside gone bridge, not yeah. fake gone bridge. Put some respect on it. Sorry, I'm sorry to disrespect your podcast, Steve. That's okay. That's okay. fake gone bridge. Steve, you want to explain what that is? I'm taking for my capstone at the good old UNH. I am taking a podcasting class and for the class prior to me starting like the first day, I was like, I can just hand in this show as my homework. I do this anyway. Let's just, you know, just hand it in. I asked the professor if I could do that. He said, no. I said, okay. So I decided to pivot and make my show about this show. And I pretty much just talk about my personal experience on this podcast. Not the most exciting thing of all time, but it's it's there. Maybe if you saw the poll we I put on Instagram a few days ago last week, that was what I was referring to, the bonus episode where we talk about our, our experiences. I had uh, Gardner and Clausen on the show. It was, it was a good time. It was like a clean 40. Yeah, it was yeah. a good time. We even talked about maybe dropping that at some point just as like a bonus episode to, uh, I don't know, sup- supplement the content. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the bullpen, who has been so good this year in those first five games, Crawford and Davis not looking too hot. Robles Kim comes in, slams the door for the save. Love to see it. Some highlights from the lineup. Kike hit his first bomb of the year. Uh, Story had two hits, and – Bradley also had two hits along with Dahlbeck. Bradley gets his first two hits of the year. It was a very clutch hit. Very clutch hit. But uh, it happened like back-to-back batters where the left fielder for the Tigers kind of looked lost and it went over, like directly over his head and hit the wall. I think they both got doubles out of it. Yeah, he had two doubles. Uh, Listen. Yeah. I was just going to say, I've been on record for saying I, I don't think JBJ fits on this team. I still feel that way. All right, stick to your guns. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'd rather have Jaron Duran than JBJ. So wrap up the Tiger series. Take two, two games out of the three. Sox are currently three and three. One thing I want to talk about is do you guys, I feel like this is, and there is a right answer to this question. Do you guys feel as if there's animosity or, or like beef between the Red Sox as a team and Eddie Rodriguez? No, I don't think so. Do you? You don't. Clausen, do you? No. I, I 100% think there is. Really? And I can, I'll, I'll cite a, a few things as to why I believe that. First of all, I think that he signed with the Tigers very fast. I think, I don't think he ever had any intention of staying in Boston. That's more of a kind of speculative piece of evidence right there well did we even offer him a contract like i don't think there was ever an intention to discuss it is is what i'm saying i I don't think either side wanted anything to do with one another i think i personally feel like eddie was one of the type of guys where you kind of got what you could out of him and you knew he was leaving because another team was just going to give him more money Uh, yeah okay that could be could be but then there's two other things first of all he took a jab at Bogarts. I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, no, I didn't see that. Yeah, so when he signed with the Tigers, he said, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but it was something along the lines of, it feels good to have a gold glove caliber shortstop behind me where I have confidence in like the defense behind me that are going to make plays or something like that. Kind of a jab at Bogarts. Subtle, but I think it was there. And then lastly, if you flash back to the Astro series and that whole saga between Eddie doing the watch thing and Correa doing the watch thing, Cora wasn't happy with Eddie doing it back to Correa. He didn't think it was like, I don't know, a, a good part of the game. I think Eddie disagreed with that. And then Kike, after he hit the home run off Eddie in tunnel time, did the watch thing. I did see that. Um, I mean... I don't know. Like maybe Cora was really still pissed at Eddie for that because I don't want to be that guy, but that was kind of the turning point of the series where the Red Sox bats 
went completely cold. Because what what game was that? Was that game three that he pitched? And then the rest of that game, game four. Oh no, I'm sorry. Or we were up two to one, and then the Astros won three straight, right? What'd you say? For the ALCS last year, we were up two to one, and the Astros won three straight. Yes. And yeah. the Bats just went cold. Oh no, we blew it. We, we blew a lead in Houston, right? Yep, we won game three, and then we blew a lead in game four. Yeah. And then game five and six didn't hit at all, and that was kind of the turning point. I mean, I'm just saying, for me, to beef with like a four and like any other rotation, the guy like Eddie, you're going to see him like, I don't know, once a year. Maybe there is beef, but I don't think it's that deep. You know what I mean? You mess around. You no left. offense. It's, no. it's fun to just like tee off of a guy that left your team. I agree. But I don't think there's going to be like massive blowout beef. He's not good enough for that to happen. I, but I think his tenure in the Red Sox was long enough for it to happen. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, it is what it is. So overall, coming out of the first week of the season, three and three, how 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 are we feeling about that? Feeling all right. I think I the Sox good. being away, I think that that hurts to start the season. I think you come home. I think there's a decent home stretch ahead of us, right? Yeah, we've got three against – or, sorry, four against Minnesota and then three against Toronto. But then we're on the road for, I think, ten. We've got three against Tampa, four against Baltimore, and – or, sorry, four against Toronto, three against Baltimore. So we got a tough schedule. Tough schedule. Very tough schedule. We already talked about how we're going to have a tough schedule the entire year. You know, we're just going to have to – It is what it is. going to make – you know what? Tough times don't last. Tough teams do. And I think this is a tough team. Not worried. Three and three. We're at Fenway today. You know, I feel like the team's going to feel good. There's going to be a good crowd there. And I'm ready. I agree. I think especially when you consider this team was one and three and on the verge of going one and four. Very happy with three and three. Bring it back to Fenway. Absolutely. You remember in 2019, win the world series we go out west and i think we start the season like two and eight or three and seven and then you come back to they came back to fenway and it was just like you get your they got their rings there's a big celebration you're like well shit we're like two and eight like this sucks so just to come back you're basically starting from scratch it's fine Uh, fenway always juices those guys up they'll be fine exactly so best home in baseball best home in baseball so let's give our Alex Cora Impact Players of the Week. we got to condense the rest of this episode. Clean 40. Who are we going with here? Garrett Whitlock, 0.89. Those four innings were huge for the program. He looked unreal. The efficiency was crazy. I think that he's going to be a easy pick for the Alex Cora Impact Player of the Week every week. And in the future, I might have to refrain from picking him just because it might fatigue the audience and myself. So Garrett Whitlock, 0.89. Lawson? Uh, I'm also going to say Garrett Whitlock. I'll one up Steve. I'll say a 0.93. You just four up to me. Do math. Dumb, dumb. I did four up you. But he's just been uh, he's just been the rock of this team. The bullpen's been been the leading the charge so far, and Garrett Whitlock is the captain of leading that charge. So I think he's been arguably the best player on the team, most con- easily the most consistent player on the team, and uh, he's he's carrying the most important piece of this team so far. What was your score? Nine one. Nine three. Nine three. I mean, I could easily go with Whitlock here too. I want to, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with someone else. Could go with Rafi here. Had a great week, but I'm going to go with the guy who I think made a little bit more impact when it truly mattered, and that's Jake Diekman. Phenomenal week this year. Th- or phenomenal week in general. Uh, two innings pitched, three games, five strikeouts, one save, no earned runs. I'm going to give Jake a point eight two on the Alex Cora impact scale. I like that. I like the bullpen. I like that pick. Thank you. Thank you. Costin, you got any notes for us? Um, going through, I guess this is coming off of the uh, 
the Wally picture from earlier. There's some pretty incriminating pictures of Wally doing stuff on the internet. So Wally's got to watch for his public image. We don't want the kids seeing that. I think Wally's committed any crimes. 100%. Wally's a known war crime criminal. <laughs> Wally's got a dark, dark past. If we, La- if laden we, behind those if innocent we see looking Wa- eyes. If we see Wally today, we should like capture him and like bring him behind the concourse and interrogate him. Wally, I think I think Tessie was much brought, worse than anything we could ever dish out. Tessie was brought in as a distraction. Yeah. Well, it was it was becoming too obvious that Wally had done something. There's just Wally. too many pictures out there of him doing stuff. The picture from earlier that that's I don't know, it's been more than a year, and that's just now coming out. Smiley was there. He's influencing Smiley now. It's like Smiley you're younger, ball, baby. Soon the sea dog is gonna be doing stuff too. This is not good. People aren't talking about the the mascot, the Boston Red Sox organization mascot scandal. Someday, in like 50 years, ESPN is going to come out with like a 30 for 30. <laughs> I can just imagine the opening, the opening like line. It's like a green head. The fans loved him, but behind those eyes, evil. W isn't just for Wally. It also stands for war crimes. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah. Moral um, <laughs> of the story, Wally's a bad person. For the record, I, I do we love him. him. We love him, but he's a bad person. Sometimes you just got to give him a hug and move on. I hope I get to see him today. Oh, I'm sure we'll see Wally today. I'll give him a big high five. Yeah, you will. <laughs> um, we, got, uh, we got some questions from Matt. First one comes in from Matt. Yeah. Really? <laughs> we pre- I previewed this on our Inside Gone Bridge episode. This is a funny question. Uh, rank these five states. Delaware, Arkansas, Montana, Idaho, New Mexico. I think one of you had beef with New Mexico at some point. Yeah, give it back to Mexico. That's last on my list. Yeah, you, you had said that a while ago. So I would say five is Mexico, four, New Mexico, four is Delaware, what are the other ones? Arkansas, Montana, and Idaho. Uh, three would be Arkansas. Two would be Idaho. One would be Montana. I think I have like a almost exact list. Montana's so, sick. I know. Montana's Arkansas great. provides nothing. I'd probably I'd probably go New Mexico five, Arkansas four, and then Delaware three, Idaho two, Montana one. Have you been to Montana? No, actually, I, I agree with yours now because now that I think of it, Delaware, like every Fortune 500 company starts in Delaware. Also, the, the literal United States started with Delaware. So it's true. I uh, refuse to rank these states. Okie dokie. Do you beef with one of them? No. I just don't think any of these states are worth my time. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I hit, I, I, I did like, you know, one of you ever guys like take a road trip and you just, you take two, two steps into a new state just to say you've been there and then drive off in the other direction. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of what I did with Montana, Never but a cool state, that. but a cool state nonetheless. Uh, the other question also comes in from Matt and he says, if you had to work the rest of your life in a supermarket, which would it be? I would work for Instacart because that works for every supermarket. Good point. Um, Wait, hold on. Are we giving out free ads here? No. Well, that's not a free ad. But just use your words. Just think about it. There's, There's a very local grocery store chain to the boston area it is it sounds like a bug but it's not it's the family's name and they're now they're they're not sisters but they're the other thing they're i would work there just to keep it oh i know what you're talking about yeah i would like to keep it local yeah i I would would you work for that one that joe castiglione loves 
Earl Castiglione. Ah, no, you got a Red Sox radio network. Uh, no, my pick was actually, um, like, imagine you're in a, a private, like, you're in a private location. Chop the location, and what's the opposite of private? That's the place I want to work at. Phenomenal yeah. grocery store, mostly located down south. Great produce. Ah. Yeah, you got it. There you go. Uh, no more questions for Matt. You guys uh, got anything that made baseball fun this week? Um, D Gordon, D Strange mm. Gordon, threw like a 50-mile-an-hour pitch. I think it was Travis Darno was at the plate. Yeah. It, like, t- hit him in the back. Travis Darno just dropped to the ground. Love that. That was, that was hilarious. That was funny. I agree. I didn't really notice anything. Anything else? I had one thing that I thought made baseball super fun this week. It was like an hour after we recorded our last episode, it came out that Garrett Cole was pissed at the Yankees for starting the game four minutes late. And that it really, guys, it really made it hard for him to pitch. For Pete's sake, can we just start on time? I just want to throw the ball. For Pete's sake. Please. Brutal. Brutal. Also player in the league. Clawson, um, the guy's truck who we're going to use to go down, yep. he texted me back and said that his truck is approximately five to six golden retrievers uh, tall. So you do with that information that you can. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah. Love Jesus. Love, him. Love that guy. Love him to death. <laughs> One of my favorite people. We're trying to figure out if we can park somewhere due to uh, like a clearance. And I asked, I said, how, how tall is your truck? He, that's the answer he gave us. All right. Well, this is a pretty big range. Well, male or female? I don't. Take the right. average of the two. Twenty. All right. So 22 inches. What's the clearance that we're talking about here? Well, uh, six foot six would be the clearance. There's no way his truck is under that. Well, all right. So let's do the math. So I said. I'm just going to look it up. I know what truck he has. All right, does let's he, let's not do this right now during the episode. Good call, Steve. Let's or wrap it up. Park outside. That's what I'm saying. We got that's what, that's I'm what I'm saying. saying. That's what I'm saying, dude. All right. Let's close out the ninth here. And then shower. And we're going to Fenway. Closing on the ninth. We're going to Fenway today. We'll be there in like three hours, probably ish. I would say that if we see even one, one listener today, that would be very cool. If, we'll, if we'll we get out a there. band together to capture Wally and interrogate him, that would be that would make my day. Yeah, you uh, probably know where uh, where Jimmy Hoffa's buried. Uh, nobody knows where Jimmy Hoffa's buried, dude. I bet Wally does. I bet it was Wally. I bet Wally buried him. <laughs> One of our listeners did reach out because I posted on my personal Twitter account. Uh, it was like the Red Sox. It, they post a picture of Fenway at night and they said, see you tomorrow. Or they said, waiting for you. And I said, see you tomorrow. And one of our listeners responded and said, where are y'all sitting? And he was like, oh, I'll be at the game too. And I was like, yeah, stop by and say hi. And he liked it. So maybe Which we one? will. Which one? Nate. Nate? Nate. Yeah, cool. That's cool. Hell yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, I'm super excited for opening day today, Jackie Robinson Day. Uh, I don't – I got to see it in person. This year they're going with the blue numbers on every jersey. Some of them they look better than others. Like I saw it on the Pirates jersey. Looked a little weird with the yellow. But I like the idea of it, and I think it won't look horrible on the Red Sox jerseys just because they also have blue as a color. And, Yeah. I'm really excited. I will say one other quick thing. We can talk. We'll definitely in our episode early next week, talk about, you know, everything that's changed at Fenway, everything different, this and that. Uh, two things that I've noticed, they removed the trim behind all the retired numbers. I think it looks good. It's a little more subtle, but Steve doesn't like it. And the truly terrace looks awesome. awesome. Really terrace looks dope. I am. We got to go up. Broke, don't fix it. Put the circles back behind the numbers. <laughs> at, at one point today, I want to go up there and explore and walk around for a minute. Uh, they also, you know, that the Nesson uh, stage that they had on uh, Lansdowne Street. Yeah, they put it up there. 
Yeah, they put up a new studio, which is sick. That it, that does look really cool. All right, we'll see right. you in a minute, Clawson. Yeah, the episode's gonna be over in a second. All right. Well, the only other thing about... I wanted to mention is that yes. the Red Sox posted the drone footage of Fenway today. I don't know if you watched it yet. That was sick. That was tight. That shit was tight. Three minutes of uncut. Actually, there might have been one cut when it went into the monster. Yeah. But, but it was it was so cool. Very cool. I mean, I'm, I'm it got me it hyped up for opening. I agree. I'm super agree. excited. Let's make sure that we get there on time. So, Gardner, I gotta wrap this episode. up. Then I will say one thing, Steve, that I'm nervous for. I'm nervous that they changed the music in the pregame video, and it's not the business anymore. It's I just, swear to God, if it's not the business, I'll have an annual. I'm gonna give them the business if it's not. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, anyways. <laughs> I got to hop in the shower. Steve's got to hop in the shower because we're going to Fenway. Red Sox, Twins, let's do this. It's about as clean of a floor. Not the same shower. Not the same shower. Definitely not. Actually, you're, you're home right now anyway, so I might, I'm not, I'm not going to drive down to do that anyway. But opening day at Fenway, Nick Pavetta, what's his name? Joe Ryan for the Twins? I don't know. Something like that? I don't know. But anyway, if you're a betting man, Actually, you'll probably hear this episode afterwards anyway, but remember, remember what we did last year at Fenway. So if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gonebridge Podcast and Twitter at Gonebridge. Don't forget to subscribe to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to our episodes. And we will be back early next week with another episode, episode 81. See ya!